UFC Vegas 86 is mere minutes away from kicking off, so I do welcome you guys to the immediate reaction show. If you guys have been watching it for the last three weeks now, I record my immediate reaction for every single matchup as it concludes so I can remember as fresh as possible, record two to three minutes talking about those fights, what I thought about what transpired and who ended up winning, as well as dropping all the best props that ended up hitting for those uh, fights, uh, courtesy of FanDuel, utilizing their odds and making sure that it's all up to date right before the uh, fights actually kick off. Uh, and yeah, it's a fun way to just dissect the card and look back on how I predicted these fights to go down compared to how they actually went down and so on and so forth. So Let's strap right in. We got 14 fights to talk about. Let's get right into it. After a stellar first round from Daniel Marcos and a few low blows going back and forth in the second round between him and Richie Lang. Unfortunately, Richie Lang is unable to continue after the last low blow, causing this fight to go to a no contest. It was a very, like I said, masterful performance from Daniel Marcos in the first round, bloodying and battering Richie Lang over the course of five minutes with a plethora of leg kicks, calf kicks, and punches to the face with beautiful combinations. And it really seemed like Richie Lang was trying to figure out that puzzle that may have played into him potentially wanting to duck out and uh, get out of this fight but still I don't want to truly believe that as I believe a guy who had the nickname the Mongolian murderer would not be looking for a way out of a fight uh, especially where there's still at least half of the fight still to go and a potential for him to battle himself back into that fight regardless uh, unfortunate stalemate there Marcos doesn't really get to move forward um, maybe they obviously I don't think they'll match these guys up together. I think we've already seen this fight play out and how it would go if they were matched up again. Uh, but very unfortunate outcome there once again. No odds, obviously, ending here. If you had any action on this fight, uh, it goes to a no contest, so it will be voided and pushed. Very unfortunate. Hyder Emil defeats Fernie Garcia by second round knockout in a blistering fight from the first bell. Both these guys were throwing down with the intent on finishing one another, but you gotta believe that Garcia was the one that was trying to get this fight going off and running quickly because of the short notice aspect of this fight for him. He accepted this fight on less than two weeks notice, and not to mention coming up a weight class against a big guy who normally likes to go out there and drown his opponents with pressure and cardio. But Fernie did land some big shots. Unfortunately for him, it was Hyder Emil that was landing the bigger shots, got some good positions on the mat, got some good damage off, a close submission from both guys as well but ultimately in the second round it was clear that once Fernie Garcia was swinging and whiffing on big shots you could see his energy bar just draining quickly and Hyder Emil was able to take advantage getting a standing TKO up against the cage once again by second round I'm big on Hyder Emil this guy obviously got me a, a dub on the contender series when he had that crazy back and forth grappling match over 15 minutes against Emra Sunmas beautiful performance there but you can see the technical aspects of his game his fight IQ, everything that ha uh, his uh, head coach, Gilbert Melendez, has bestowed upon him. The guy uses uh, all of that information, all of that knowledge, all of that experience very well, which is why he has now a 9-0 undefeated record. It's unfortunate that he's 33 years old, so he really has to get off and running if he hopes to make it into the top 15, top 10, and eventually a title shot. 
it's not out of the realm of possibility. If he can stay busy enough, this guy has all the skills and fighting style to be successful in this division. I just hope that he can stay active enough and that the UFC gives him gradual steps up in competition, but in a, uh, a timely manner. So he actually has time in his prime to be facing the higher level of the featherweight weight class. But regardless, great win for Hyder Emil. Like I said, second round. TKO. Let's check out the props that ended up hitting for this matchup. Obviously, a Hyder Emil minus 210 on the money line comes through as the chalk was closer to minus 180-ish at the beginning of the week, but obvious action coming in on him. Uh, him winning by KO plus 330. Him winning in round two plus 900. And then throw those two together, you're looking at plus 1100. Great performance for him there. And then the under two and a half plus 180. Not a lot of people expected this fight to go uh, uh, to finish inside the distance actually but great work from a Hyder Emil to utilize the fact that he was the one preparing for this matchup he was the one that was the bigger of the two and he was the one that was going to be able to eventually go out there and break Fernie Garcia to get his hand raised great win for a Hyder Emil cannot wait to see what's next for him Bogdan Guskov goes out there and knocks out Zach Paunga in the first round after eating some big shots of his own. It seemed like Paunga was in the driver's seat for the majority of that fight, utilizing his aggressiveness, moving forward, pushing him up against the cage, landing some good knees in those spots as well. But ultimately, it was Guskov who was able to find the chin of Paunga and put him out clean just over the halfway mark of the first round. Now, Guskov obviously picks up his first UFC win after dropping his debut against a, you know, a former title challenger in Volk in Uzdemir. It was safe to say that the UFC threw him in with a shark strike from the jump, but this was a better matchup for him in terms of trying to prove that he deserved to be on the UFC scene. Now, that's an unfortunate losing streak now for Zach Paunga, who, in my opinion, deserved to win the Modestus Bukowskis fight, which was his previous one, but now this is another step back in his career of a guy that's already 35 years old and could possibly spell the end of his UFC career as well. But regardless, Bogdan made the most of his time on the mic as well, referring to getting his first UFC victory better than sex and also uh, saying that he wasn't surprised uh, or sorry that uh, even though he keeps his hands down it's a little bit of a secret because he can just surprise his opponents with the big power that he's able to generate from out of nowhere this guy's a good assertion to the UFC light heavyweight division and I can't wait to see how he continues to move forward and if he can continue putting guys out cold all right let's check out some of the odds that hit for this matchup we got Guskov obviously as the dog coming in and cashing at plus one 10 by knockout plus 160 in round one plus 270 throw those two together round one by ko at plus 310 and then the under one and a half cashing at minus 150 this is a fight that i kind of expected paunga to keep in the clinch a little bit more than he actually did he played this risky game a little bit too much allowing bogdan to get off on that big strike to eventually put him out i thought this was going to go over i thought paunga was going to be able to keep him uh, up against the cage or even land some takedowns and grind this fight out as he's been able to do in some of his fights leading up to his UFC uh, debut, but it was not meant to be Bogdan Guskov first round knockout over Zach Paunga. Max Griffin earns the split decision victory over Jeremiah Wells in a very close fight. And in my opinion, I thought it was two to one in favor of Wells. I thought Wells did enough in the first and second round. And although there were large portions of lulls and not much happening between the fighters, you could feel the tension between them knowing how heavily they throw and how much power they have and could potentially end the fight with a blink of an eye as well. So um, not a whole lot to judge on, but in my opinion, 
I thought when Wells was landing, he was landing the more emphatic shots, the more significant strikes, like what they did impactfully. I thought the judges would score that more, but it ultimately seems like the judges saw it in Max Griffin's favor. Not good for Wells in terms of just kind of letting the third round go. Like he wasn't so urgent being pushed up against the cage by Griffin, allowing Griffin to pretty much secure that round. So it came down to the first two rounds. Again, I thought Wells deserved the first two rounds is what it is close fight i had no action on it so i wasn't uh, too bothered by the decision either good win for max griffin he continues to be a middling welterweight uh can't really put too much of a run together finds himself on a one or two fight losing streak but then manages to bounce back and get another win uh, obviously this throws a wrench in the plans of jeremiah wells who's obviously up there in age uh trying to you know bounce off that loss that he had from his last fight to uh, carlson harris now he's lost two fights in a row as well very weird fight again there was the tension because you thought anytime somebody could land the fight could be over so i understand why it was fought in that sense but it's still not enough to really judge on to be like okay this guy clearly deserved the victory uh again my scorecard jeremiah was not a robbery by any means good win for max griffin to get the split decision there all right let's see what cashed here the odds that cashed griffin the underdog plus 130 comes through uh good win for him there uh by decision plus through 340 and then over two and a half at minus 125 again near a pick em for the total there because of how quickly this fight could have been ended if these guys threw a little bit more but shout out to anybody that was a discipline enough and took that over two and a half there once again max griffin getting his hand raised by split decision over jeremiah wells marching prack now gets the unanimous decision victory over devin clark 30 27s on all three scorecards it was a very sloppy fight in certain aspects, but Pracneo did a great job in terms of utilizing his Kyokoshin, probably butcher that, karate style, uh, to really touch up uh, Clark from distance with his kicks, uh, blitzing attacks and straight shots down the middle, great takedown defense as well. Uh, something that Daniel Cormier was pointing out over and over again is anytime that they got... Uh, uh, tied up in the clinch you see Prack now utilizing great hand placement by putting it on the inside thigh of Devin Clark to kind of just wrench on that arm of uh, Clark and that kind of made it uncomfortable for Clark to really get anything going of substance that would lead to a, uh, an eventual takedown but great work from Marcin Prack now to stay out of those bad positions and even though it looked like he was on empty in that third round he still managed to stay active enough to keep Devin Clark second guessing himself from trying to go all out it was very unfortunate for anybody that was looking to back Clark I didn't have any official plays on him I had him in a one of the legs for the uh, parlay party I believe for the for one of them but no real money on Clark there but very uh, if anybody had serious money on him there uh, that's another reminder that it's hard to trust him as a minus 200 favorite but also like it must have been very frustrating to just see how Pracknell is like crouching over from just pure exhaustion trying to get the cage to hold him up and Clark is not pushing the gas the way that he should you know the in the lead up to the fight they're talking about how Clark was like working on his cardio going on hikes on New Year's Day and all these things so that he can really push it when time uh, came for that and he just didn't he seemed so lackadaisical I don't know if he was gassed or if he was just scared of the counters coming back his way but it seemed like if he just let his hands go in that last minute he probably could have found a finish there against Bracknell however Pracknell still ends up getting his hand raised by decision pulling off another upset on this card that had already a couple underdogs pull off the upset so 
Let's talk about the odds that cast your Pracnial plus 195 solid underdog uh, to cast there by decision plus 390. Again, a lot of people expecting if Pracnial were to win, it probably came inside the distance with Clark's questionable durability at times. And then the over two and a half minus 175, a little bit chalky there. I think a lot of people expected if that fight were to go to decision, it would be Clark getting his hand raised with a grapple heavy approach or a clinch heavy approach. But shout out to Pracnial for shutting that down and playing to his strengths and showcasing that he's still somebody that we should think about in the light heavyweight division when he has the proper game plan and god forbid he has to go 25 minutes um he could be a, a tough puzzle to crack um yeah good win for marching Bracknell once again getting the unanimous decision here over devin brown bear clark Loma Luke Bumi wins a unanimous decision over Bruna Brasile 29-28 on all three scorecards. It's a little bit frustrating frustrating as Bruna Brasile uh, backer. Again, I know I was in the minority there and I was hoping that we would see what we saw from her in the third round. A little bit more urgency in terms of engaging in the clinch and dragging this fight to the ground where she, in my opinion, would have had a clear advantage. But she just stays too patient. She just allows herself to stick around at distance and just wait for the perfect opportunity to throw her combination and then all the while her opponent goes out there and just ticky tacks uh, their way to a decision victory like Loma was able to do. She had the reach advantage. I thought she had the speed advantage as well. She had the strength advantage but she was unable to implement that until the third round when it was too little too late. I was surprised to hear her corner even tell her hey you won that second round. No you didn't. Like you got I hate when coaches go out there and they're so positive with their fighters in a certain aspect like sure you want to bring positivity to encourage them but positive to the extent of lying to them that they clearly won a round she did not win that second round or that first round she was just way too hesitant and allowed Luke Boonmi to get off away on again just tiki tack shots staying consistent with the kick you know throwing that one two to close the distance so that she can land the body kick which is way more than anything that Bruna Brasil was doing it was very frustrating for a fighter. Uh, again, she shows this in a couple fights now with Bruno Brasil, where she just doesn't do enough. The Shauna Bannon fight, again, like she should have tapped into that fight a little bit more. She won that fight by engaging in the clinch and getting some uh, valuable minutes up against the cage, uh, landing elbows, landing dirty shots. <sighs> she could have done that here against Luke Bumi, and she didn't. There, I got the frustration now. But on flipping it to the Loma Lukpuni side, she went out there and did what she needed to do. She was giving up a big size and reach disadvantage, and she still managed to go out there and get the dub. Uh, great educated striking. She did a great job in terms of uh, attacking the lead leg of Brazil. Like I said, using the a punching combination to close the distance so that she could uh, uh, land a body kick. You could even see some welting on the side of Brazil uh, from some of the kicks that uh, Luke Pumi was landing. Great performance from Luke Pumi. I don't want to take anything away from there. Uh, I'm just a little bit frustrated in Brazil's uh, approach here, especially with being so gun shy. Um, is what it is that's I knew what I was getting into but you would expect a fighter to kind of adjust with the fighter that they are competing against she was unable to do so but Loma Lukpunmi wins a unanimous decision 29-28 look, look let's look at the odds that cashed Lukpunmi money line minus 280 chalky favorite I think the chalkiest favorite on the card uh, by decision plus 100 and then the over two and a half super chalky at minus 235 once again Loma Lukpunmi gets her hand raised by decision
Balagioki picks up the split decision victory over short notice replacement Timothy Kwamba. Now, a lot of people, including myself, thought that Oki would be able to get the early finish here, but Kwamba showed a great beard as he ate some big shots and had some success of his own, specifically in that second round when he was able to initiate the grappling scenario. And although he never really got off too many big shots in that spot, he got some solid control time, so I could see how you could potentially give that second round to him. However... I thought Oki clearly did enough in the first and third rounds to get that win. So I'm not sure what that other scorecard where we had Kwamba getting um, one of those scorecards in his favor. Don't really understand that at all. But great win for Oki. Uh, good experience builder for him as well in terms of the ability to go out there and go 15 minutes. He's known for going out there and finishing guys quickly. But showing that he can harness that power over 15 minutes, utilizing his jab and his big shots uh, in a patient but... Um, effective enough nature not like Bruno Brasile who's just waiting for the right shot but just continuously throwing shots out there to stay active enough to make it look good enough for the judges showed solid takedown defense and grappling defense as well specifically in that third round kind of just snuffing out any of the takedown attempts that were coming his way uh, but great win for Bellagioki a potential contender in this division moving forward but he needs to continue building his experience against better and better opponents let's check out the odds that cast here as we had Oki as the favorite cashing at minus 170 uh, by decision plus 340 and then over two and a half hitting at plus 110 again big win for Balaji Oki looking forward to seeing what's next maybe getting Demir Hadzovic who was his originally scheduled opponent for this weekend I would love to see that a solid experience from Hadzovic against the young upstart in Oki I would love to see them put that fight back together but once again Balaji Oki picks up the split decision victory over Timothy Kwamba. It was a tough round and a half for the UFC newcomer Carlos Praches, but he was able to deliver on a second round knockout over Trevin Giles in the last minute of round two. Trevin Giles did a great job in terms of crowding the kickboxer by landing big strikes, throwing a barrage of punches when he blitzed forward, and even attacking the lead leg often to keep Praches thinking. But Praches was slowly biding his time, utilizing his knee up the middle to really hurt Giles to the body whenever Giles tried to crash the pocket, and Giles was unsuccessful on a couple takedown attempts. Great takedown defense being shown by Praches, but it was eventually, eventually a laser beam of a hand that dropped Giles and Praches knew he did not need to follow up on any more shots after that because he had Trevin Giles out. Great performance from Praches in terms of, sorry, great finish by Praches, but there's a lot of things that he needs to learn from that fight as better fighters with better durability will likely be able to just continue to chip away at Praches and likely win that fight on the scorecards. I know Giles swell to being a favorite in that second round based on what he was able to do in the first round but Praches managed to keep the judges out of it and he was able to get that finish great work from Carlos Praches let's look at the odds that cast here as we have Praches he was the favorite here at the beginning of the fight at minus 245 he was expected to win by knockout so that's only down at plus 105 to happen in round two plus 470 and for it to happen round two by knockout plus 550 the over one and a half cashes by roughly a minute and a half at minus 135 again good finish for Praches, but a lot of things for him to dissect moving forward if he wants to continue marching through this welterweight division but tonight he ends up getting his hand raised by knockout like i said round two 
Adolfo Vieira secures the arm triangle choke in the last seconds of the first round to pick up a submission victory over Armin Petrosian. Now, this fight was scheduled for a couple months back, and Petrosian pulled out, I believe, on the day of due to an illness. But thankfully, they finally get to run it back this weekend and or tonight. And we had that classic striker versus grappler matchup, where at the beginning of this fight, it seemed like Petrosian was in control, landing his strikes from distance, his kicks from distance as well, and really kind of thwarting that forward pressure of Vieira. But it only took Vieira one solid takedown attempt to get this fight to the ground and slowly work to that arm triangle position, which he has secured so many times in the past given the historic and just insane level of black belt wizardry this guy brings to the table and it's obvious he needs those early finishes or things could go start going sour for him later in matchups as i kind of expected for this one to go but he was able to get that takedown and quickly chomp or latch onto that uh, arm triangle choke and get the victory i would love to have seen how it played out going into the second round but we don't need a second round good win for vieta there uh, again a guy that is so good at one thing but if he's unable to get off on it like the chris curtis fight uh things could go sour for him and that's kind of been his issue but as long as he continues to secure these early victories he's going to go out there collect some performance bonuses uh get his win bonus and all that stuff but i just don't think he's going to get to that top five ranking in this middleweight division all right let's check out the odds that cash chair vieta cashes as a pick them minus 110 people were uh, on the fence on this matchup even the first time that they were matched up with each other was it going to be the striker or the grappler it ends up being the grappler this time around by submission plus 180 round one plus 350 round one by submission plus 440 and then the under one and a half cashing at plus 135 again good win for Adolfo Vieira curious to see who they match him up with next but this is a good step in terms of trying to get up those rankings and trying to get closer to that top five we'll see if it actually happens once again Adolfo Vieira round one submission over Armin Petrosian Michael Johnson picks up the unanimous decision victory over Darius Flowers in a very weird fight in my opinion I thought for the first round and a half he was doing a great job in terms of utilizing his striking advantage he was mixing it up to the body and it was clearly slowing down Darius Flowers then for some reason, he decided to uh, to grapple with a guy that seems to prefer the grappling realm as well in Flowers. I uh, started grappling in the second and third rounds. And in my opinion, it gave Flowers the opportunity to kind of get some wind back, to get some air back into his lungs. Because to me, it seemed like he was slowing down tremendously. That's why the takedowns came so easily for Johnson, because there's nothing in terms of resistance or defense from Darius Flowers. He just wanted to get on the ground and hope that he can throw up a submission and land it. And he was so close to landing something in that third round. I'm just sitting here again, pounding my head on the table like, Johnson, what are you doing? If he let it go with his hands a little bit more, uh, maybe he was just scared about a potential counter coming back at him and putting him out cold. Maybe he's scared of his questionable durability. But it seems to me is if he was to put his hands together get a barrage of shots together he could have hurt dropped and finished Darius Flowers numerous times in the second or third round and to me it seemed like he was trying to seek a submission obviously you see him working for the arm triangle choke trying to stuff his head to the ground and try to push that uh, arm of Darius Flowers up but Darius was clearly privy to it and was not giving it up to him another submission attempt that Johnson was looking for was a north-south choke if you guys noticed he was trying to go uh parallel or i guess like 
yeah, I guess straight on with Darius Flowers uh, and trying to get that that north south position so he could secure that choke. But that's when Flowers was able to turn and that set up the scramble that eventually uh, was giving Flowers the potential submission opportunity as well. So very weird decision making there from Johnson. I don't know if he wanted to flex his wrestling chops, but he had a clear striking advantage and, in my opinion, had clear opportunities in terms of finding the finish in the second or third round. Luckily for him, Nothing went wrong for him this time around. He was able to secure the victory. But those types of decisions, putting himself in those types of uh, possible troubling moments against better fighters will give him another loss on his record as he's used to at this point in time. But the most important thing is he got his hand raised this uh, tonight and he was able to do it by decision. So let's look at the odds that cashed Johnson Money line minus 130. I was happy to pull the trigger on minus 125. Skill-wise, way better than Darius Flowers, but it's always that durability that you have to worry about. By decision, plus 360. Fight to go to decision was plus 220. I believe the over-under was set at one and a half, but regardless, Johnson goes out there, pitches a pretty much perfect fight outside of that uh, Hail Mary submission attempt from Darius Flowers in that third round, but great win for Michael Johnson. Let's see if he can finally string some wins together moving forward after a solid first round it seemed like momentum was shifting towards brad tavares in round two but gregory rodriguez had none of that as he came out firing in the third round and got a tko in the first minute of the final frame and he cashes as the minus 245 favorite now he obviously was able to win that fight by knockout and a lot of people like to laud him for his bjj background and his you know high level black belt but it's clear that he has a very solid striking game that needs to be respected we've seen it numerous times in the past but we've also seen it get him into trouble like we saw him against Bruno Fajera when he got knocked out when he almost got knocked out by Jun Young Park uh, a couple fights back and Brad Tavares was landing some good counters even in that first round where he was able to hurt Rodriguez but Rodriguez showcased better durability than we've seen in the past and he was able to march down brad tavares and get that finish in the final frame i still have some question marks about him facing better fighters that are closer to their primes than brad tavares is but for now the guy looks like he has weapons in all forms of mma i would like to see him in a 25 minute fight next time around maybe a you know the ufc likes to headline middleweights obviously this week and we have a headliner in the main uh, middleweight division last week we had a headliner in the middleweight division maybe rodriguez could finally throw his name into one of those and i would love to see his cardio over 25 minutes but regardless goes out there gets the finish looks damn good doing so as well let's talk about the odds that cashed here rodriguez money line minus 245 like i said the chalky favorite by knockout plus 230 to happen in round three plus 1000 tie those two together round three by knockout plus 1300 and the under two and a half cashes at a near pick them here at minus 115 Again, big win for Gregory Rodriguez. He wasn't ranked, so I'm looking forward to seeing if this pushes him into the rankings and how uh, the UFC decides to match him up moving forward. But great win for Gregory Rodriguez as he knocks out Brad Tavares in round three. After a weird start with some fouls mixed in in the first round, we finally got the action rolling, but it was E. Horpotieria who was able to outland and outwork Robert Burchek en route to a unanimous decision victory. Now, it's not the way a lot of people expected that fight to go, especially considering how Finnish-centric both of these fighters are. But it seemed like Potieria was okay with just going out there and outpointing his opponent. And he did hurt him a couple times, I'll give him that. But he seemed content with just get, engaging in the clinch and dragging this fight out. 
I was a little bit invested in the under one and a half in this spot here as I really thought that both these guys would throw down. But it really shows the evolution and maturity in Portieri's game, especially with him down at a new weight class. I gotta stay away from these uh, chalky unders, especially when these guys have finishes from the regional scene that sometimes do not translate to this high level, which is the UFC. We live and we learn. But Portieri goes out there and gets a solid decision victory over the UFC newcomer Robert Burchek. Let's check out the quick odds that cash here. Underdog, Ehor Portieria comes in at plus 140 in cashes. By decision is plus 1,200. That's insane. And then the fight goes to decision plus 620. Again, further proof that a lot of people were expecting this fight to finish inside the distance. But Potieria goes out there and spoils everybody's plan and gets his hand raised, like I said, by decision. Dan 50k Ige probably earns himself in 50k bonus here with a first round knockout victory over Andre Feely. Great win for Ige here as he takes on the short notice of Feely, but he did a great job in terms of staying composed. And it looked like Feely was getting into a bit of a rhythm with his long range shots, utilizing his footwork and sticking Ige with a jab anytime Ige tried to crash the pocket. But it only took one big shot for Ige to put Feely on his back. I think he followed up with one more shot, but the referee quickly stepped in after that that Ige continues to showcase why he is a perennial top 15 to top 10 guy, may not be able to crack it to the next level as we've seen him face top guy after top guy and still end up coming up short, but he has he draws a clear line in the sand. Anybody unranked will likely fall to him. Uh, we'll see if he can get any momentum going and try to get back into that top 10, but this was a great performance for him and uh, probably earns himself a bonus, like I said. All right, let's check the odds that cast for this fight here. Plus, or sorry, minus 170, Ige on the money line. He cashes as the favorite. By knockout, cashes at plus 320. In round one, at plus 650. Put those two together. Round one KO, plus 800. And the under, two and a half cashes at plus 150. Now, I just quickly want to take a look here real quick because Ige is normally a decision machine, but uh, let's see, since he made his UFC debut back in 2018, he's picked up one two three and this is his fourth knockout victory since his debut like i said back in 2018 so when he trusts his hands and he has the proper matchup he's able to go out there and get these guys out of there damon jackson was one of the last guys he knocked out as well as gavin tucker in 22 seconds so ega's dangerous especially against unranked guys and he holds his spot once again by getting this knockout victory over andre feely Jack Hermanson caps off UFC Vegas 86 by pulling off the upset over Joe Pfeiffer, handing Pfeiffer his first UFC loss and derailing the hype that is B. Joe Pfeiffer. But uh, great work from Jack, Jack Hermanson, kind of how I suspected the fight to go down. If you guys listened to the breakdown earlier this week, a lot of people were throwing hate towards your boy in regards to Hermanson actually winning this fight. But that's what happens sometimes why you have to play the odds here um, when a prospect, especially a prospect that's been finishing a lot of his opponents, faces a legitimate veteran. This is a huge step up from Abdul Razak Al-Hassad. You're talking about Jack Hermanson, who has been on the cusp of a title shot 
several times uh, and has fought the best of the best in the past. And he was able to survive there early on, start, held a very high tight guard where a lot of big uh, the big shots from Joel Pfeiffer were landing on the guard uh, and that was causing Pfeiffer to slow down. Add in the fact that uh, Jack Hermanson really started to sprinkle in the calf kicks there to slow down Pfeiffer, then start moving forward and using his uh, straight shots down the pipe with a beautiful jab. Um, I suspected we'd see a little bit more grappling from Hermanson earlier to wear on Joe Pfeiffer, but it seemed like he was content with just letting Joe, Joe uh, punch himself out, essentially. Uh, it, it was a masterful performance from Hermanson, knowing that he really had to turn it up in the third round, and that's where the tide really started to turn. Obviously, I was on him pre-fight around that plus 230 line earlier in the week um or plus 220 sorry uh, and then I got in on some live on him at plus 300 after round two as I really expected the momentum to shift at that time if it were to go the way that I expected it to and that's exactly what happened this will only be good for Joe Pfeiffer moving forward you can only get so far starching folks in the first six minutes of fights before you run into somebody that's not going to go out that easy and then you have to figure out what plan b is am I going to take a grapple heavy approach well he tried it and it didn't seem to work out but I think it had to do with the fact that he was already punched himself out and slowing down making it harder to complete takedowns or get in on the hips on a good level change but all hats off to Jack Hermanson took all of 2023 off due to an injury and uh, surgery I believe and rehabbing it and then coming back in a spot like this where a lot of people thought he was going to be a sacrificial lamb but uh, Joe, he goes out there and gives Joe Pfeiffer a vet lesson it was a spectacular performance for Jack Hermanson to pull off the upset here and uh, yeah remind people that he deserves to have a ranking beside his name and possibly a top 10 matchup in his next fight all right let's check out the odds that cast here obviously jack romanson before the fight started plus 210 underdog uh, got up to plus 300 during the fight and then we saw the odds start to swing third fourth round minus 200 favorite and then it started to go up from there by decision plus 600 he was close you know i felt if he turned it up a notch in the fourth and fifth round he possibly could have found a finish but he stayed safe still pitter pattered his way to a decision victory is what it is and then the over two and a half catches at plus 115 again very solid performance performance there for Jack Hermanson a veteran performance I should say Pfeiffer will be back I don't doubt it again this is only going to be good for him and I look forward to seeing who they match Jack up with next I wouldn't mind him taking on a guy like Gregory Rodriguez you know Rodriguez had a big victory earlier against a tough veteran like Brad Tavares why not give them a random apex main event five rounds and let's see how that one would go down all right, uh, putting a bow on this recap here, uh, we had five knockouts, one submission, and seven decisions over this 14-fight card. Obviously, a one-no contest to kick off the card with Daniel Marcos and Arici Lank. Uh, favorites went seven and five on the night, um, and performer of the night. How could you not go with Jack Hermanson? Again, goes out there, pulls off the underdog as a over plus 200 underdog, uh, and then just shutting up the naysayers and people that expected him to just go out there and roll over for a guy like Joe Pfeiffer to go out there and knock him out. So uh, I don't feel like I have much more to add on Jack since I just uh, covered it pretty well with that uh, recap there, but he's definitely my performer of the night. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the recap video as always. Uh, let me know who your performer of the night is. Am I forgetting some? because of recency bias and Jack Manson just having that performance I also had Gregory Rodriguez as a runner-up in terms of uh, uh, performer of the night but what else did you guys like throughout the night what spots did you cash on what parlays did you guys hit Lockheed Trinity or sorry
sorry, Lockheed Trinity Falls or Burchek, uh, but the Lockheed two-step, 4-0 on the year now. Dan Egan, Hyder Emil doing it for your boy. Let's see if we can keep that role running uh, going into UFC 298, which is next week. Drop a comment in the section, uh, comment in the comment section below, and I'll see you guys on Monday for the UFC 298 MMA Lockcast full card breakdown. See you guys then. Peace.